it's so embarrassing for this medical profession in this country to think that we have developed a billion dollar industry around an illness that doesn't even exist in half the planet. We are looking forward to what can truly be a seismic revolution in health. And this seismic revolution in health is never gonna come about through another pill, another procedure, another operation. This seismic revolution in health will come about when we in the profession have the will and the grit and the determination to share with the public what is the lifestyle and most specifically, what is the nutritional literacy that will empower each individual to be able to absolutely annihilate chronic illness. You're listening to Healthline, where you receive inspiring messages and helpful health tips. For over two decades, Modern Mana has empowered individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle, from health expos and detox programs to TV and radio shows. If you are ready to improve your health, then let's get started. I'm excited for today's episode because I have none other than Dr. Codwell Esselstyn, who is a world-renowned author, physician, and former Olympic rowing champion. Dr. Esselstyn was the director of the Heart Disease Reversal Program at the Cleveland Clinic and has more than 150 scientific publications and is known for his groundbreaking research in the reversal of coronary artery disease. Dr. Esselstyn, thank you so much for coming on today's show, and I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us. Dr. Esselstyn, I'd love to hear your journey in medicine, but also what you discovered in how to reverse coronary artery disease. When I was a, uh, a member of the Cleveland Clinic uh, Department of General Surgery, I was in the uh, 70s, I was chairman of our breast cancer task force. and. Uh, it was my disillusionment with the fact that for no matter how many women I was doing breast surgery, uh, I was doing absolutely nothing for the next uh, unsuspecting victim, which led to a bit of global, global research. And it was quite striking to find that there were multiple cultures where breast cancer rates were 30 and 40 times less frequent than the United States, uh, for example, Kenya. And if you looked at uh, breast cancer in rural Japan in the 1950s, it was very infrequently identified. And yet as soon as the Japanese women would migrate to the United States by the second and third generation, still pure Japanese American, they now had the same rate of breast cancer as their Caucasian counterpart. Perhaps even more compelling was cancer of the prostate. In the entire nation of Japan in 1958, how many autopsy proven deaths were there from cancer of the prostate? 18 perhaps the most mind-boggling public health figure I've ever encountered. By 1978, 20 years later, they were up to 137, which still pales in comparison to the 28,000 who will die this year from cancer of the prostate in this country. And uh, along about this time, uh, it began to uh, appear to me that there would be more bang, more bang for the buck. Mm. We looked at heart disease because here I was encountering in this global review multiple cultures where cardiovascular disease was virtually non-existent and uh, therefore it uh, it just seemed to me since this was the leading killer of women and men in western civilization the dream became if we could get uh, women and men to eat in a way to save their heart 
they would also likely diminish the likelihood of developing the common Western cancers of breast, prostate, colon, and perhaps pancreatic. So that was a that was a quick background, and that uh, led to starting a. I had to do a study, and it was a, since I was still actively involved with many surgical obligations, the study was quite small, about 24 patients who were, uh, well, these 24 patients were, as my late brother-in-law used to say, these were SEs walking dead. They had failed their first or second bypass. They had failed their first or second angioplasty. They were too sick for these procedures or they had refused. Five were told by their expert cardiologist they wouldn't live out the year. They, those five made it all beyond 20 years and it was really quite striking to see uh, how not only were they uh, losing weight, their symptoms were disappearing. And when we carefully studied them, we found out that they were actually reversing their disease. So you essentially took individuals who had lost all hope and you gave them another lease on life. That's absolutely fabulous. So Dr. Esselstyn, was this primarily because they were following a plant-based diet? Yeah, that was the, that was the whole motivation. To, in other words, to try to get these patients who were thoroughly ill with heart disease mm-hmm. to in, eat this diet of whole food plant-based nutrition without oil that was characteristic of half the, half the planet where cardiovascular disease is virtually non-existent. It's so embarrassing for this medical profession in this country to think that we have developed a billion dollar industry around an illness that doesn't even exist in half the planet. But it's sad because individuals will rush to the doctor because they want that magic pill that's going to reverse their disease or that magic surgery. But if they would have taken the time, analyzed what was the main cause of their chronic illness or even coronary artery disease, maybe they could actually have beneficial long lasting results so what is it specifically that's causing coronary artery disease in individuals? The area where all experts would agree uh, in this disease is where this disease has its inception, its onset, its beginning, is when we progressively injure the life jacket and the guardian of our blood vessels, which happens to be that delicate innermost lining called the endothelium. And what makes the endothelium uh, so magical is the fact that it produces a gas, nitric oxide. And nitric oxide, this gas, is responsible for the protection and the salvation of all of our blood vessels because of the remarkable uh, functions that it has. For example, nitric oxide will keep all the cellular elements within our bloodstream flowing smoothly like Teflon rather than Velcro. It keeps things from getting sticky. Number two, Nitric oxide is the strongest blood vessel dilator in the body. When you climb stairs, the arteries to your heart, the arteries to your legs, they widen, they dilate. That's nitric oxide. Number three, nitric oxide protects the wall of the artery from becoming stiff, thick, or inflamed. Therefore, protects you from getting high blood pressure or hypertension. Number four, and this is the absolute key. A safe and adequate amount of nitric oxide will protect us all from ever developing blockages or plaque. So literally everybody on the planet, whether they're from London, Berlin, Chicago, New York, California, or Ohio, if they have cardiovascular disease, it is because by now in the previous decades, they have so sufficiently trashed, injured, 
and turned their endothelial system into a train wreck, that they simply don't have enough nitric oxide to protect themselves from making blockages and plaque. However, the good news here is this. The good news is that this is not a malignancy. This is a completely benign foodborne illness. And once you can get patients to understand who have this disease, never again are they to have passed through their lips any food that is going to further injure their endothelium. Then the endothelial system begins to recover, makes enough nitric oxide so that the disease is halted, and often we'll see significant elements of disease reversal. So your message is protect the endothelial cells get adequate amounts of nitric oxide, and you could do that through exercise or even certain foods. And we don't want to injure the endothelial cells. So what is going to be the main culprit that is going to cause damage to the endothelial cells? Oil injures the endothelial cells, as does anything with a mother or a face. Meat, fish, chicken, fowl, turkey, and eggs, and anything in dairy, milk, cream, butter, cheese, ice cream, and yogurt, and sugary foods, sugary drinks, Cokes, Pepsis, Diet Colas, and sugary foods, cakes, pies, cookies, stevia, agave, or excessive maple syrup, molasses, and honey. Okay, so I know the concerns about the fat. I know the concerns about nothing that has had a mother or has a face, therefore no meat or no dairy. But if we're looking specifically about the fat here, what about fat in your nuts or other plant foods that we eat on a daily basis? I'm a bit of an outlier here. I do not like them to have nuts, just far too much saturated fat or avocado. Really? You don't have heart disease, so I, I have no objection to having nuts. But with heart disease, I like to eliminate that extra source of saturated fat. Okay, so I imagine somebody's listening. Maybe they even have coronary artery disease, and they're saying, okay, I can't have meat, I can't have dairy, I can't have my nuts, but... I've been told that DHA is good for my heart, it's good for my brain, so what approach do I take? Well, let's look at the Tara Humara Indians in northern Mexico. When Bill Connor, a wonderful physician, was down there spending months at a time with them, he carefully studied them, and the, the Tara Humara eat the three sisters, beans, corn, and squash. No nutritional deficits, all right? Right. In other words, are they, taking, are they taking fish oil capsules or are they taking for omega-3 or are they, you know, it's, they're getting it all. It's there. Now, uh, on the other hand, uh, we suggest <clears throat> for our patients, I encourage them to take flaxseed meal or chia seeds omega-3, maybe a couple of tablespoons on their cereal, or uh, and in addition, green leafy vegetables, and then have they, they can have their omega-3 checked. If the omega-3 is in the optimal range, they're fine. If it's still suboptimal, then they might think about taking uh, an omega-3 uh, in a capsule, preferably of the native with, with algae rather than oil, oil. I don't like oil. I have yet to see a single study where they have taken patients who are seriously ill with heart disease and give them, uh, give them peanut butter and nuts and cashew sauce and have their disease melt away. Now, many times we'll have individuals sitting around the table at our lifestyle center and they'll say, well, you know, I can't be so strict with my diet. I mean, isn't moderation okay? Now, what is your message to individuals 
who have coronary artery disease or have experienced uh, poor health because of heart issues, and they say, well, come on, moderation, it should be fine. I can't be that strict. All experts would agree that where this disease has its inception, its onset, its beginning, is when you injure your endothelial cells, okay? And its, and its capacity to make nitric oxide. So take the example of somebody who has already had a heart attack, let's say. Now, moderate, moderation, what would that mean? 50% of the time, they are still eating foods that are gonna already take an endothelial system that is so trashed, they've already had a heart attack. And now what they're doing is they're continuing to further trash it. Absolutely makes zero sense. And that's why I have a chapter in my book, Moderation Kills. You know, one of the saddest things is when individuals say that they're feeling so much better after changing their whole lifestyle and adopting more of a plant-based approach. But you know, the saddest thing is when you get a call from somebody and they say, I need help, I've fallen off the bandwagon. But you know, what you're sharing with us is that you have been able to help people and it's so beautiful. We've now had over a thousand patients go through our program and it's very exciting when, when you are willing to give the patients respect and time. That's A lot of people will say that what we're doing is somewhat extreme, strict or draconian, mm -hmm. severe. That's nonsense. Half the planet Earth that doesn't have this disease is eating this way. And if you can get patients to go through that six, first six, eight or 10 weeks, uh, when they develop they, a natural, they, they develop a, a craving for the natural flavor of these whole food plant-based items. It's true, your taste buds actually do change. And I've spoken with quite a few individuals who've changed their diet to a plant-based. And they've even said, you know, the barbecue smell, I can't even do that any longer. And I'm now craving my whole grains, my fruits, and my vegetables. But you know, I was speaking with somebody recently and they said, I'm plant-based, I'm vegan, I eat little to no oil. My triglycerides are fine, but my LDL is through the roof. And I really don't know what to do. So what would you say to somebody who's having difficulties like this? Every single cell membrane in our body is made up of cholesterol. And therefore, when this wonderful human organism was put together, there had to be an organ that would make cholesterol because when you think about it, the patients who are totally plant-based, the only source of their cholesterol is going to come from their liver. And we all have a sort of a different uh, thermostat in our liver. In other words, if you took a thousand people and they all perfectly ate nothing but whole food, plant-based nutrition. There'd be some who have a cholesterol of 110, others 140, 160, 180, 190, 200, 220. That is the thermostat on their liver. Now, do you think that when the body was devised that they would have an organ, they would develop an organ, the liver, that would pour out enough cholesterol so that it would destroy you with vascular disease? Probably not. So, what, 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 we, what have we talked about already multiple times today? All experts would agree that where this disease has its inception, its onset, its beginning, is when we progressively injure the life jacket and the guardian of our blood vessels, which happens to be that delicate innermost lining, the endothelium. And it's when we eat certain foods that we've just talked about that injure the endothelium. Now, that cholesterol, which belongs 
flowing inside your blood vessel encounters a crack, a fissure, an opening in the endothelial fortress, and now it migrates through. So now suddenly you have your cholesterol in an area of the body that it doesn't belong. Now that didn't happen. You can't blame the, the liver on that. You can't blame the cholesterol. What you blame is the food that you have eaten that has destroyed the integrity of your endothelial layer. So again, no number. When you mentioned somebody had a high number of an LDL, no number has caused heart disease. Really? What causes really? heart disease is what is passing through your lips every day. Mm. It is going to turn your endothelial cell into a train wreck. And when you injure your endothelial fortress, now your cholesterol is going to find its way where it shouldn't be. And it begins this whole process of oxidative inflammation and plaque formation and vascular disease. And look, there are plenty of people who grow old and healthy with a cholesterol of over 200. So is what you're saying there's really nothing to worry about if you're eating a plant-based diet and staying away from oils? Well, when you say there's nothing to worry about, you gotta wear, you gotta wear a seatbelt, you shouldn't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the optimal, that's the optimal diet that we understand at the present time. Because there's no other, look, there has only been one diet that has ever been shown to river, halt and reverse heart disease, and that's whole food plant-based nutrition that we understand at the present time. Because there's no other, look, there has only been one diet that has ever been shown to river, halt and reverse heart disease, and that's whole food plant-based nutrition. It's amazing to know how beneficial a plant-based diet actually is in reversing disease. So I'm still curious, for the individual I was talking about who's plant-based and they're consuming little to no oils, is your message they really shouldn't have any concern even if their LDL is high? Well, I think that you have to look at the, the whole picture. You want to know everything about that individual and, and, and how, if they are eating as purely as, how often do they eat out at restaurants, for example? That's a good question. How That's often good. do they eat out at friends' houses? And do, they, do those become exceptions? Mm -hmm. Because you can injure your endothelial cells when you're at a restaurant, remember? Because restaurants are notorious for having oil and, and lots of salt. So once you've already caused the damage, you have to be much more diligent at what you put in your mouth. Now I'm curious because doctors are even finding plaque in young individuals, I mean, even in their 20s. So what is your message to them? The, the hard data that shows that even at a young age, people have the foundation for heart disease. For example, there was this study of our GIs who died in Korea of combat. And at an average age of 20, 80% of those uh, GIs at age 20 already had gross evidence of coronary artery disease that you could see without a microscope. Now, that study was repeated 45 years later in 1999, this time looking at young women and men between the ages of 17 and 34 who had died of accidents, homicides, and suicides. And now the disease is ubiquitous. Not enough for their cardiac events yet. But here in this young age, matter of fact, even if even in 12 year olds who sadly die of some a traumatic cause, you look at autopsy of their arteries, there already you see this fatty streaking. In other words, we start eating as kids these foods that begin to destroy, injure, and compromise the capacity 
of the endothelial cells to make nitric oxide. And then that begins laying down this disease, which we then see the clinical manifestations of heart attack and stroke in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and so forth. All of our uh, kids are plant-based and all of our 10 grandchildren. Really? That's the message. No, it's really, that's the greatest gift we possibly could have given our kids. Because when my wife and I looked at our uh, parents and grandparents, I mean, they, we were no different. They were ravaged by cancer and heart, heart disease, no question. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and yet you can, it's, it's such a gift that you can give people to, to optimize their health because life is pretty, uh, pretty exciting when you wake up every day and you're healthy. And, uh, but when you're, you've got some chronic illness, that, that completely disappears. So I imagine somebody's vegan or vegetarian who's listening to this and they're saying, well, Dr. Esselstyn, I must be completely off of the hook because I'm eating the best diet that's out there. I mean, is there any concern for these individuals? See, the reason I have never used the words vegetarian and vegan in any of my writings or not in my book, uh, that's safer than it is to eat the Western diet, but vegetarian and vegans have heart disease. I treat vegans for heart disease. They eat the French fries, they eat oil, they eat glazed donuts. Yeah, oil injures the endothelial cells. So I think the message is no matter what diet you're following, and even if you think you're consuming the best food that's out there, you still have to be mindful of how much fat, even plant fat, you're getting into your body because ultimately the fat is going to cause damage to the endothelial cells. Now, Dr. Esselstyn, as we begin to close here, is there anything else that we haven't necessarily covered that you may want to share with us? Well, I think it's wonderful if, if they have an interest in, uh, in their health and, in, and look positively at nutrition. They have to be on guard of how easy it is for even physicians to write a book and have it be a bestseller if they will say good things about people's bad habits. That has happened on multiple occasions. But if the, if the author has, before they've ever written the book, if they have done the peer-reviewed scientific research and published it in peer-reviewed scientific literature, I think that's at least an absolute bare minimum of, of what is the science. Because there, is a, there was a Nobel laureate uh, in recent years who was asked to describe you know, the scientific method. And it's really, he said, it's really very simple. In the scientific method, you propose a theory. Let's say the theory would be with plant-based nutrition, you might be able to perhaps halt or maybe even reverse heart disease. Then the next thing you do is you do the experiment. And the experiment is either right or the experiment is wrong. Mm -hmm. And upon the money, doesn't depend upon the reputation of the investigator. The experiment is either right or wrong. And what we did was we took patients seriously ill with heart disease, fed them whole food plant-based nutrition, and we had the disease halted and reversed, not once, not twice, thrice, now hundreds of times. So it's pretty, pretty exciting and pretty powerful. But what you are doing, you are empowering people without expensive drugs and medication, without procedures which have nothing to do with the causation of the illness, without an operation that 
has nothing to do with the causation of the illness. You are empowering people to maintain their vascular health for their entire life. And when you take away vascular disease, you're not only going to get rid of heart disease and you're going to get rid of strokes, but also vascular dementia. And at the, along the way, if these patients happen to have hypertension or diabetes, that goes away. It also takes care of getting rid of Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, multiple sclerosis, allergies and asthma. The list goes on never before as medicine had in its toolbox a tool which is so powerful, so safe, and so enduring. And uh, it's also just parenthetically, it happens to be wonderful for the, for the planet. You know, what I love about your message is it brings hope and healing to individuals' lives. Because somebody may be listening, and they may be saying, you know, I've done the surgery, I've taken the pills, I've tried the diet approach, but I failed. But what you're sharing with us is that it's actually relatively easy. And you also provide the resources. And individuals can go right to your website and learn more information. And we'll actually provide the website in the show notes below. So I thank you so much for sharing with us your wealth of knowledge and for being a resource for individuals who are needing help and recovery. Now, I know you're retired, but are people able to learn directly from you on what to do as far as reversing coronary artery disease? Once a month at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute, I do conduct an intensive counseling seminar for patients who have cardiovascular disease. Maybe they've had a heart attack, maybe they've had a stroke, maybe they've had a previous standard bypass, they don't want another one, or they've been told they have to have a standard bypass, they would rather not have it. And... Uh, Always in the back of the room, we'll have four or five nurses and physicians who have really wanted to become more familiar with what we do because the common criticism that I hear of our approach is that, Dr. Esselstyn, this is too severe, extreme, draconian, and people won't do it. Well, let's put it this way. I think the most extreme, severe, draconian diet on the planet is the one that 97% of Americans are eating today that guarantees before they die, they will have some horrible chronic illness. Now, on the other hand, uh, the uh, other criticism we frequently have is that, you know, the patients won't, won't do this. Well, we, when we reviewed our uh, patients in this regard, we find that 89.3, almost 90% are compliant with this significant lifestyle change. And if you're going to be successful in making this lifestyle change with patients, you've got to show them respect. The only way, the only way that I know to show a patient respect is to give them my time. And so I think longer than I think anybody else on the planet, our counseling session for this single day seminar is six hours. During that six hours, these patients are going to learn all about what it is that they have done that has created this disease and precisely how we're going to empower them as the locus of control to halt and to reverse their disease. And in addition, we do this usually with no more than 10 or 14 patients, always with their significant other or spouse. Because if you're gonna make this kind of lifestyle change, both parties have to know about it. Yeah, and so, uh, and, that, and my secretary will give me usually 
12 or 14 days before the seminar. She'll give me a list of the patients who are coming and their phone numbers. And then I personally uh, insist on calling each one myself so that I can get my arms around their story. And at the same time, provide them an opportunity to ask questions of me so that when they do come to the seminar, we have a strong platform from which we can all move forward. And I think that kind of uh, respect and time with the patients indicates to them how much we care about how important this is. And it sends a signal to them. And they're very gratified to think that they themselves now can absolutely put an end to this disease that has the potential to take them out. You know, I'm blown away that you actually call your participants or your patients to get a grasp on their health. You know, that really says a lot to the physician that you are and that you have a heart to see individuals regain their health and vitality once again. You know, Dr. Esselstyn, I'm just so thankful that you came on the show today to share with us how we could regain our health and also reverse coronary artery disease. And for all of you listening to this podcast, I hope you have enjoyed the information shared as much as I have. You certainly can like and share this podcast, and you could subscribe as we continue to release new episodes. Again, Dr. Esselstyn, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you have been motivated by this show. To connect with us and receive more information, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and modernmana.org. See you next time.